Lord, all of them will receive it uh, in their heart, and may it change lives today. Uh, we pray, Lord, you'll please put your hand upon each one, uh, these, uh, those that play the instruments and the choir and all, Father. We put it all in your hands, God. May you get all the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, for the choir sings, I want to personally thank, personally thank Cheryl, Vanessa, and Stephanie. I think there's only three, right? That worked on our choir books this week. They've done a tremendous job on them. Um, it's just like entirely, this setup, this is real nice. And I appreciate all this work. I know all the choir does. We appreciate love you for doing all that, okay? Pray for the choir. Amen. <laughs>
comes natural to a child of God to be thankful you're going home a lot of you are going to leave a service today and you're going to have a home to go to okay but our heavenly home was much greater than that and we're looking forward to that we'll be there he's promised us that so we're looking and that might be today we might wind up in going through the gates of heaven today being God's presence so oh God's so good to us God's been so good to us So let's praise God today for uh, his faithfulness. And here, page number 72, let's praise him for his love, our Savior's love toward us today. He made it all possible. Page 72, please stand. My Savior's love. Jesus. 
today. Ask the men to come forward and receive our Sunday morning offering, tithes and offerings. And uh, we appreciate everyone being here for the service today. Junior leader, sir. Amen. He got a low voice now, but yeah, that's going to be our practice song the next time we get together. So we'll we got it. Uh, we got a lot of things in store for our choir. Good song, boy. I tell you, with all them men coming in there. Page sixty-two. I love to tell the story. Amen. It ain't but one story, folk. It's a true story. God, a story of grace that God has planned for each and every one of us. Sixty-two. Jesus and his glory of Jesus and his 
you and Sister Catherine to sing one, then after y'all done, me and Charlotte, we'll, uh, we'll sing one. Get y'all to come. There's songs when we try to sing, I was doing matter if it's for a congregation or choir. We get to going on it. I mean, it may take some, be some difficulty in getting started. We get that thing moving, boy. We just go ahead and sing it. You know, just don't give up on it. And uh, good, every song we sing around here, we try to, you know, exalt the Lord. And God lays it on my heart, pastor's heart, these ladies that play the instruments. All of us, is, you know, we got a heart for the music in the church and and uh, we want God to get the glory and honor. And here's a song. In loving kindness, Jesus came. Pastor, give me a little hint about what he's going to be preaching on this morning. And uh, so we want you to know that loving kindness is what's brought us in. Yeah. The devil didn't care nothing about us. Only God cares. He loves. So here's a good song. Okay. <clears throat> In loving kindness, Jesus came, my soul in mercy to reclaim. And from the depths of sin and shame, through grace he lifted me. From sinking sand he lifted me, with tender hand he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, pray 
Jesus name he lifted me he called me long before I heard before my sinful heart was turned but when I took him at his word forgiven he lifted me his brow was pierced with many a thorn, his hands back rolled, nails were torn. When from my guilt and grief forlorn, in love he lifted me. From sinking sand he lifted me, with tender hand he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise his name, he lifted me. Now on a higher plane I dwell, and when my soul I notice well, Yet how and why, I cannot tell, he should have lifted me. From sinking sand, he lifted me. With tender hand, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name. He lifted me. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to apologize for that last congregational. Sometimes my brain and my fingers don't always go together, and that's what happened, and I apologize for that. But I'm thankful even though we fail many times, I fail many times. I failed this week just like I shared in Sunday school with our kids, that we have a God who's faithful and who's always faithful. Whatever my need 
my darkest hour, there's healing power. God's been faithful, faithful to me. Teachers have got some music, and y'all going to have a little lesson and things back there. So uh, y'all go down to the, the back to the back with Sister Lynn and my wife Cheryl there, and uh, all the kids that want to go back there and have a good time doing that. Amen. And adults, you're going to listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. And sit there in Second Corinthians. Amen. That's right. Amen. It's a, amen. That's good. Yes, sir. I want to testify for the Lord today, Brother Ray. I went to my doctor at 
Amen. Amen, bro. God's good, God's faithful. Amen. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 9. We're going to take a look at God's amazing grace today. You know, we can, all of us in this room, share something about God's amazing grace. We just heard testimony. But in the Bible, it says here in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Father, we ask you now just to humbly let us preach your word. Lead God in direct now. And Lord, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If if you study this, uh, you'll see that this is... The only place that I can find in 2 Corinthians where Jesus actually speaks to the, uh, to the Apostle Paul. And while Paul is writing this letter to Corinth, to the church there in Corinth, it's plainly that it, uh, the, the, what's in view here is the fact that he is trying to get encouragement back to the fellow laborers. And how does he gets the get this encouragement is through the word of God where Jesus says there, My grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
lot of times people say that weakness is, is just that. But let me tell you something. According to my Bible, weakness is a, is a show of strength. You can say what you want to. But he says right here, he says, for my, it says, for my grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So see, that's the good thing about being a Christian. Bless God, they call us weak and defenseless, but we're strong and mighty. Amen? The definition of the word, according to the Noel Webster's 1828 dictionary, favor, goodwill, kindness, disposition to oblige another as a grant, as, excuse me, as a grant made as an act of grace. It's the definition of the word grace. It's nothing that any of us have done to obtain grace. It is strictly because Jesus gives it to us at the time of salvation. He showed it to us at the time of salvation. Amen? Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all of our sins, the songwriter wrote. So the thing of it is this, by obtaining grace, we, we know that grace is a favor that the Lord Jesus extends to us. So the question is, have you obtained grace? See, that's the thing. I shared with the men in prayer room this morning, we're now over 90 Matter of fact, 95 to be exact, of people that has gotten saved through the ministry here at Community Baptist Church this year. Well, Sammy, three people accepted Christ last week during Sunday school where Brother Adam was, uh, was teaching. What a blessing it is to know that, that, that look, in a, in a day, in an hour where they say that Sunday school is no more, it's, it's old and it's obsolete, people are still getting response through the taught Word of God. So number one, you are saved by God's amazing grace. Over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us that in verse number 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast or brag. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's by grace. Some say that you can pick and choose the time that you want to get saved. But my Bible says contrary to that. If you study the book of John in chapter 6 and look at verse number 44, it plainly says there that you have to be drawn by the Father for that salvation. When you get saved, Jesus is bestowing grace upon us. Amen. I can't think of no better time that an act of grace can be shown to a sinner who is when that sinner's bowing his head and asking for Christ to save him for that first time. We get that unmerited favor unlike anything that's ever happened to us before and never will happen again. God does, does, does not want any person to perish and go to hell. He only wants them saved. Luke nineteen ten says, "For the son, uh, for the for the son of oh, I can, here we go. Oh, mine's. It tells us in Luke nineteen ten, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. There we go. 
So see, it tells me there that Jesus' uh, number one mission that he has is, for, is to save and to seek out old sinners. I thank God that he saves old sinners because of the fact I, that Wednesday night back in August, back in Delco, North Carolina in, in 1999, if it wasn't for his grace, I never would have got to church that night after getting off work. And if it wasn't for his grace, I never would have been able to accept Christ there at, at Livingston Baptist Church. I just love it. He wants mankind to be saved. He wants mankind to be sure of their salvation. He wants them serving in the local church and doing this in unity through the pastor of the local church. Amen, he wants people to be saved. Are you saved? Yeah. Number two, by grace, sin loses dominion over you. See, when you're trapped in sin and, and, and sin's got you, see, everybody said, well, the devil's got me. No, that's not true. You put yourself in the devil's way. And people say all the time, well, the devil, the devil, the devil made me do it. No, no, you have a free will that made you do it. So see, all these things, you know, and all the, but see, the devil, and how he operates is this. If you are lost and trapped in sin, the devil could care less about you. He's working on the church. That's where the devil's at. The devil's working, he's working at the church house. He's trying to find the weak link in the chain trying to find that one weak link that he can get and entrap and make them think that they never got things right with God in the first place. But see, the thing of it is this, though, church, Jesus says in his word, he says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are under the law which is the gospel. But think about this. He says, For ye are not under the law. You're under grace. It says, but under grace. Romans chapter 6, verse number 14. So see, when a person gets truly saved and grace rains down upon them and grace just starts spilling out all about, guess what? At that point, oh my Grace covers all the sin. And dominion of it is gone away. You won't be making excuses to stay out of church. You'll be trying to find some excuses to get to the church. Right, well, yeah. Amen. Won't be going down into old discos and honky talks and all that mess down there, boozing it up and all this mess down there with the middle or low lives and the bud dumbers. You'll be wanting to come to the church and walking and doing the high step inside of the church because of what great things he hath done for you. See, all these things point back to losing this. Let me just say this. In this first scripture, there have been there have been at this point five previous dispensations to leads us to where we are now. This verse tells us that we are under grace. There's one more to come, and that is the great millennial reign of Jesus of Jesus Christ. The other five dispensations. Now we're to follow the law and stuff like that and everything, yeah. But we're under age. We're under the age of grace now. Amen. 
The Bible says that when we get saved and repent, we become a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What a blessing it is to know that, look here, that we are not what we were when we're with Christ. Amen? I tell you what, in our country today, the word repent needs to be uh, taught, it needs to be preached, and it needs to be told to all mankind. Because the word repent means simply to turn away from. And that's what people need to do. They need to turn away from all the problems of life. Let me tell you something. The, the, look, the fix-all is not in the bottom of a beer bottle or alcohol bottle. It's not in the end of a needle. It's not in any pill bottle. Bless God, the, the answer to all the problems, financial, insurance, all this stuff is found in the Word of God. You say, well, I want, you don't understand, preacher. My finances is nothing. Tithe. You don't understand. My finances is nothing. No, you don't understand. Tithe. God will take care of the rest. Amen. Say, preacher, you don't understand. I don't have the money to tithe. That's what I'm trying to drive home to you. Tithe. God will take care of the rest. So see, I've already said it. Grace is greater than all of our sin. How is grace showing through you? Are people seeing grace in you? I'm not talking about somebody named grace. I'm talking about the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm talking about what Jesus can do for you in your life. If you let Him. you got to let Him. The Bible says plainly, you know why we don't have? Because we don't ask. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Well, maybe you want you know, look, let me tell you something. Well, let me just give you some old fat man advice here. Okay? Let me give, let me help y'all out. If the if if the way that you're doing it now ain't working, maybe you should try something else. You're saying, Well, preacher, you don't know. I'm I'm telling you, you don't understand. I'm telling you that, hey, it's like I told somebody the other day, and I, I was talking with a man, and, and, and all the, and he over in the Pittsburgh area, and I was over there uh, making calls, and he and I got into a really deep conversation, and I was thankful for that. And he told me, he says, you know, I just don't understand. My life's in shambles. I said, well, maybe have you. I said, let me just ask you this. I said, if your life's in shambles, like you say it is, he said, yeah. And I said, doing it your way, How's that worked out for you? He said, well, I just told you it's in shambles. I said, well, look, how about trying the ways of God? How about trying, I said, how about going to church Sunday morning? How about, how about getting, getting into local church and, and letting God work in your heart? And I said, when God starts working in your heart, listen to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And I said, then, I said, try it Jesus' way. I told him, I said, look, the road that I'm on, I'm going to tell you something, it's not picture perfect. I said, but it sure has been a good life for me and my wife. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
I wouldn't trade this life that I live and, and, and for the things of God for nothing in it. I wouldn't trade it with the people that is, that's in that, in that group. I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Why? Because they're saved just like I am. They have trials and struggles just like I do. But bless God, guess what? We serve a mighty God that can. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Amen? Amen. Amen? Let me go ahead and say this right here. Number three, grace is not works. See, we ain't, look here, works ain't going to save you. Amen? But hold on a minute. But pr preacher, aren't we supposed to work? Yeah, that's exactly what the Bible tells us. Look at Second Corinthians, I mean, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are created in His workmanship. Okay? We are, and when we look at that verse of Scripture, it tells us in there that we are created. And that means when we're created, after that, that new creation, after we're saved by grace in the previous two verses, that tells us where to get ready to go to work. We're working for Jesus, amen? What does the Bible say? And if, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works then it be no more, no more grace. Otherwise work, otherwise, work is no more work. Romans eleven six, A wordy verse, you might say. But this is talking about grace being a gift in its own nature. It's the kindness of God on, uh, that He shows towards us. Works, in, uh, in contrast, are something which earns a wage. Israel of that day, when the, this is what we're talking, of that day was trying to earn their way to heaven by their own merit and religious works. Their very efforts were in contradiction to the principles that were taught by grace. The application of the Gentile church is where we are today. And us by extension of that church of the day is the principle of grace. Through this, you see a somewhat difference of what grace can be. The name Christianity comes out of it. Because why? Who are seeking to establish their own religiousness and their own morality, religious rights, and good works comes through grace. Grace. The simple truth remains, however, this. That salvation is by God's grace and not of works. I'm glad it's by God's grace and not works. That means, that means if it was by works, I wouldn't be in church this morning. I'd be trying to do something to obtain grace. You would be too if you call yourself a Christian and were trying to work your way to heaven. You wouldn't be in church. You'd be trying to do all the jobs, trying to get yourself there. But see, listen to the verse of Scripture now that we've gone through this. Look. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. It's telling us it's by grace and works is done. It's over. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. 
So see, if it was the contradiction, see, grace would be no good. It would be of no merit for us to obtain. And it says, but if it be works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more work. I kind of like that. Tells me I wouldn't have to get up and go tomorrow. But see, the thing of it is this. Grace that Jesus gives is so perfect. Working for Jesus after you get saved is a good thing to do because why? We do it with a glad heart, not grudgingly. If you do things for Jesus and you got a grudging heart, don't do it because you you look, you're not going to get any blessing from the Lord. Just don't do it. He loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Jesus loves a cheerful giver. However, serving the Lord. How are you serving the Lord? By grace or some other way. How about this right here? Grace makes a way and it makes us who we are. Think about this. Grace makes a way and makes us who we are. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. It makes us who we are. Grace will allow us to do things that we thought we would never do. Have you thought about these things that it would allow you to do? How about this? By God's grace, we do street ministry. Amen? By God's grace, we do a, uh, we we're having our first annual cruise in. By God's grace, we went and preached in the park. By God's grace, we, are, we have a wintertime VBS. How about our 4th of July thing that we had this year? How, uh, that with, the, with the vendors and food and the truck and everything that we had. There were people coming to the church. People came by. Look, the numbers were not large, but the thing of it was the church was visible, was visual and was alive on July 4th. See, that's the thing. God allowed all this to happen for us to serve. This is why it's imperative that we be busy in the Lord, but not complaining about it. Amen? We should, we should want to serve Jesus. Why? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's everything. We should never say no to Jesus because He already has a vision for what's in the future. And when we tell Him no, we just slap those proverbial handcuffs on Him and has clamped Him where He can't do any works. Now, we serve an amazing God. I'm glad that I serve the King of Kings 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Preacher never gets a break. Y'all can say amen. You can say oh me. Amen. Number five. We will leave things of the world behind because of grace. What do you mean by that, preacher? Tucked away in a book not often read in the New Testament there, if you'll notice in the King James Bible, all the T's are together. You know, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, 1 Thessalonians, all of them are together. In Titus chapter 2, verse number 11 and 12, 
For the grace of God that bringeth salvation have appeared to all men, teaching them in denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But it go back to the beginning of it. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation have appeared to all men. Teaching us. See, teaching us. That's a key word. That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. All these things point to grace. See, and it will cause us to leave all the junk that's in the world exactly where it needs to be, which is in the world's garbage can. Amen? I had a guy one time told me, he said he, was, he got saved by the grace of God and he was a drunk when he got saved. And he, uh, and he told me, he said, I'm going to hand out tracks down there at the bar. And I told him, I said, do not go to the bar. Well, why? I said, because of the fact that the devil will expose your weakness and you will be entrapped. I said, the one place you don't go is go hand out tracks at the bar. Had another guy tell me that struggled with pornography. And he told me, he says, I'm going, and he got saved out of that, out of that mess and everything. And he told me, he said, Preacher, I'm going to tell you. And I was in evangelism at the time. And he told me, he said, Preacher, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to them strip joints down there in Myrtle Beach. And I'm going to, I'm going to let them have it with the word of God. And I told him, I said, don't go inside. He looked at me and he said, well, that's where the people are. And I said, that's also where the sin is. And I said, I promise you this, that, the, that you will never be able to go up against it. And he said, what do you mean? And I told him. I, was, uh, I, I got up on the, bumper, uh, the, 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 the bed of the pickup truck there on the tailgate. And I told him, I said, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull you up. Now you pull with all your might. And I, he said, okay. I said, I'm going to pull you up here. He said, okay, go. He pulled me down. I said, exactly what goes on inside of that, of that juke joint. I said, you go in there. And I said, it'll drag you down. You're not going to bring the world up to you. It's going to drag you down. That's the reason you abstain from evil. You abstain from it. Let me tell you something, church. If you want to be the person that's saved by grace, let me just say this right here. You got to, you got to give up some things. You got to shield some things. Amen. You got, you got to separate yourself. Like Second Corinthians six seventeen tells us to, it tells us to separate and touch not the unclean thing. Well, see, mate, that's the problem. Christians they like to flirt and, and and get too close and touch. When that happens, devastation. You can be big, you can be bad as you want to be, big and bad. But I promise you this: the devil. He knows your weakness. He knows your weakness. That's why you need to be careful. Christian men and women need to find the separation. Find the separation and give up all the lust and the paths of their, uh, that lead to destruction. Jesus' path leads to a road that, as that road is narrow. The Bible says, few be that find it, is what the Bible says. Now let me say this right here to you, church. There ain't many people on that road. 
But I promise you this, the Bible tells us the opposite on the road to hell. It says, broad is the way. That tells me there's a lot of people on it when it says broad is the way. Because shouldn't it be reversed? Shouldn't the road to heaven be broad and the road to hell be narrow? But it's not. The road that leads to destruction, the Bible says, is broad is the way. That's because all the people think it's fun to gather around and slap high five and tell people to go down to 80s. Well, let me tell you something. You don't know what you condemn when you send somebody to hell and tell them to go there. Maybe it's time, maybe it's time that people realize what hell really is. The Bible describes it as the, as a place of utter darkness and a smoke and a stench like you never smelt before. It tells us that it's the place where the worm dieth not and where fire does not quench what it burns. And the mourning and gnashing of teeth goes on 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And all the while where that worm that dives not is nothing more than a flesh-eating maggot. And that's what he thought is eating at the flesh. But the problem is the fire that is never quenched doesn't burn the flesh. And them flesh-eating maggots are eating on them. What a beautiful place. And we're telling people to go to hell. We're slapping high five at the bars and mess out there. When somebody scores a touchdown and when somebody don't like the other team, oh, well, you can just go. Let me just say this right here. Think about the condemnation that goes along with it. And last, number six. The Bible says that we can have more grace. You're saying, well, I didn't get it all at the time of salvation? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the Bible says we can have more. Tucked away in the oldest book in the New Testament. In chapter 4, in verse number 6 of the book of James... James is believed to be the oldest book in the New Testament. It says this, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. The Christians are weak. We can run over top of them. Nothing wrong with being humble because we're going to get more grace. My Bible teaches me it's perfectly fine that we can, we can protect ourselves as Christians. Amen? We can protect our homes as Christians. We can protect our cars, our wives, our family, our children, and everything like that and still be a Christian. But the Bible says he gives more grace. It's like going back to the table after you've already been through the food line and you eat them turkey rolls and gravy and you say to yourself, man, they still some up there. 
And I go up there and Sister Donna's getting close and I elbow bump her and dig in there and get the last two before she does. It's perfectly fine to do that. I'm the pastor. We're going to get more grace. We're going to get more grace. How are we going to get more grace? Well, first of all, we need to ask. Second of all, we need to be humble. Thirdly, you know what we need to do? We just need to be who we are. If we say that we are Christian, be one. The definition of the word Christian Christ-like. Grace is given more abundantly to the meek and the humble versus the proud. The definition of the word proud, having inordinate self-esteem, possessing high or unreasonable conceit of one's excellence, either of body or mind. That's according to the Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. The definition out of the same dictionary for the word humble, low, opposed to high or lofty, meek, same defin- uh, the same, it has the same meaning, mild of temper, soft, gentle, not easily provoked or irritated, yielding, giving to forbearance under injuries. It's okay to be humble. It's okay to be meek. Forty-seven times in the King James Bible, The word proud is found. Forty-six times in the King James Bible, the word pride is found. Forty-seven times the word proud is in a negative form. Forty-six times in the King James Bible, the word pride is found in a negative form. Nothing good ever comes out of the word proud or pride. But we can change that. We can say we're happy, we're glad, we're full of joy for the person or whatever. See, it's all about the way but the word we use. But see, too many times though we forget that it's about God's grace. God's grace. Friends of mine, Southern Gospel Group, some of you may know them, Jeff and Susan Wisnitz of the Wisnitz, good friends of mine over in Morganton. And they got a song, Cheryl and I have sang it before. Matter of fact, we sang it, we've sang it a bunch of times. But talks about grace. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. If it weren't for Calvary, 
where would I be today? I was lost, but I'm found because of His grace. Grace that's bigger and broader to cover our sins. Grace. Grace. That will take you and change you. Grace. That you, yourself, have got to allow God to bestow upon you. You say, preacher, I'm not giving up who I am. Stay lost and go to hell. That's where you're going to wind up. You ain't going to pass go. There's no games or any of that stuff down here. You're not going to collect $200. You want to, what you're going to do, you're going to go on to, just to stay on the path that you're on, and it's going to lead to destruction. Well, you can change it. You change the look. You change the, the the television station. You change the radio station. Change your direction. Yeah. Change it to God's way. And I promise you this: if you change it to God's way, you won't be running out of lettuce. That's right. <laughs> I got to stop. But seriously, all joking aside, if you change your direction, and go a new way. God is standing there saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He didn't say somebody else is going to give rest. And then verses of Scripture, Brother Sammy, don't it say, I will give you rest. And if you look in there, and I don't know about those other perversions. I'm talking about my King James Bible. My King James Bible is written in red, and that's Jesus speaking, and He's saying, I. Jesus is saying, hey, me, I'm going to give you rest. And He will. But see, He'll take you out of the mess that you're in if, if you're willing to come out and go a different direction. But see, the sad thing about it is, many times in our society today, we turn the knob on Jesus and go to another and put him on another station. Because why? It don't fit my lifestyle. It don't fit the things that I do. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if the life that you're in is so pleasant and so grand... And full of grandeur. Why all the struggles? Why all the hurting? Why all the heartache? Must not be working out that good. Jesus is saying, hey, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I, Jesus says, I, I'll give you some rest. We sing the song, I think it's page number 84, The Comforters Come. Isn't that comfort? To know Jesus 
that he's going to give some rest. When we sing that song, Brother Young taught us that song, and I'm so thankful. It's become one of my favorites. And here's the reason. It's because God can't. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking around but me. I ask everybody to please be respectful. I'm going to ask the simple question. It's shortly after 12 on a Sunday, August 20th. If you died right now, sitting here in the sanctuary of Community Baptist Church, where would you go? You say, hey, preacher, if I died right now, I know I'd bust the gates of hell wide open. Okay? Let me pray for you. Would you consider raising your hand? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Nothing. I'm not going to call you out. Not going to, amen. I see the hand. See the hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Sister Catherine is getting ready to play real, real softly on the piano. I want to say this. If on the first key that she strikes, would you come? Let us take the Bible and let us show how simple it is to get grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all of our sin. Will you come? Maybe you're here and you say, Hey, preacher, I know I'm saved. And I just ain't been living for Jesus. Will you pray for me that I can get back into the fold? Better believe I will. Just raise your hand. That way I know who you are. Amen. 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 Hands are going up all around the sanctuary. Amen. Well, let me tell you something, church. What are you waiting on? There's a great big God that's down here at this old-fashioned altar saying, Hey, come unto me. Will you come? Maybe you're here and you say, Hey, I've been coming to the church for a while and I'm thinking about membership. I'd like to talk to you, preacher. Well, come on down. I'll meet you in front of the pulpit. We'll set up a time where we can talk. But let me just say this. It's not about me. It's all about God. Will you come? Some have. Will you come? Father God, you have seen the hands that went up around the sanctuary. First of all, Lord, I'm thankful for all the visitors here today. I am truly, truly thankful. And I pray that they received a blessing. Father, also, you've seen the hands. And Lord, you know the hearts. And for that, 
I'm thankful to you, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would work in hearts, work in minds. And I pray that, Lord Jesus, you would expose to them how they can obtain God's amazing grace. And Lord, what I'll do is just give you praise, honor, and glory for it. Because why I love you, Lord. And I'm thankful for that. So Lord, lead God and direct as you see fit now. And use this uh, the rest of the invitation for your honor and for your glory.